the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back to the South Coast End Zone Podcast and Facebook video series. We're here with Standard Times sports editor Lori Lose. Hi, how you doing? And I'm Standard Times sports digital editor Brennan Curie and uh, we're ready to talk about week six in high school football. Seems like the season's flying by. Yeah, just one more week of the regular season until the uh, the playoff playoff start. So it's, it really is after this week. You know, it's uh, it's flown by. And last week was big week for the uh, South Coast Conference large uh, division. Um, and then this week is uh, big for the SEC small division. Uh, the t- big title game coming up now. Must so. see TV week after week here. So. <laughs> Yeah, although, With, uh, we were talking about it a little bit before we came on here. Uh, so it looks like we have three teams that are definitely probably set for the playoffs at this point, and then uh, uh, I don't know more if they're definitely the, in, but I would say that they're close to being in. Because oh. we have three, four, and one teams: would be Old Rochester, Wareham, and Old Colony. Yep. And then uh, three teams that are probably right on the bubble there. Yeah, New Bedford, Dartmouth, and Fairhaven, Fairhaven. are all two and three. Yeah, so, so coming some into some important week. games coming up these next uh, two weeks here. Yeah, well, I don't think uh, any are more important than the uh, Wareham at Case game. Exactly. They're they're not worried about the postseason. <laughs> they're worried about an SEC small division title. Yeah, and uh, I talked to um, uh, the uh, Case coach tonight, um, Anthony Palladino, and he was saying that if they are able to beat Wareham, it would be a three-way tie like it was last year between Case, Wareham, and Seekonk. And it would It'd be the same three same teams. Same three teams, but they each would have beaten a different person. <laughs> a little deja vu, almost. <laughs> almost. And he said, you know, they, at that point, they have to do power rankings to figure out who would, who would be the uh, SEC small champ and who would play for that in that crossover game for the overall conference i don't get that that automatic bid but i mean he's like i hope i hope we are in that position where we have to do some math uh, after the game but uh i mean this is definitely the, the game of the week and i'm letting brendan go to it this week i am i haven't seen Wareham play it i haven't seen uh, isaac nasimeno and uh, all the rest of the vikings yet this season so i'm excited about that yeah and uh you know um unfortunately seth andrade it looks like he's probably going to be out for this game he he missed last week's game and um but he, there's been some other guys that have stepped up, Elijah Mc, McAllister, and uh, I don't know if I'm saying your name right. <laughs> We're going to try our best here. Uh, Guami, 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 uh, Hallow Jr., is that right? I don't know. Um, okay. Let's Gilliam- call him Gilly. How about Gilly? Gilly. Let's call We're going to go up with the nickname Gilly. Gilly Hallow Jr. Uh, congratulations. You got your first varsity touchdown this past week, and uh, Elijah also scored a touchdown, but um, I mean... The man is, is Isaac Nazimento. We say it every week. As Isaac goes through the Vikings, usually. Yep. Uh, and he scored two touchdowns to lead them uh, past a pretty good Na- uh, Nosset team, 28-21. And he has a area best 12 touchdowns this year. Whew. And that doesn't even count his All the ones th- he's throwing. throwing for and his two-point conversions. No, no. So, um, and the Vikings, you know, after opening the season with that loss to Old Rochester, they've won four straight games, uh, and they've outscored their competition 178 to 94 in those games. So, Ooh. you know, this is a team we I know we've talked kind of week in and week out. They don't have a lot of kids, you know, and they're, they're, they've been able to play, you know, really four, four full quarters, you it's know, amazing. just about – um, and uh, Case... Something in the water over there in Wareham, I guess. It must be. Uh, you know, Case is actually... Uh, they're coming off their first loss of the season. Uh, they ended up losing this past week to Seekonk. It was 30-6 to after opening the, the year with four straight wins. And really, um, talking to Anthony tonight, he, he said that just 
they haven't seen a team like uh, like Seacock who throws the ball 40 times in a game. And they were just really just couldn't match up um, with that kind of passing attack. Uh, and he said, you know, I guess they Seacock also uh, recovered two onside kicks. So he said his defense was out there so much mm-hmm. that he's like, it wasn't really a great judge of, of how good they've been playing this year, um, giving up the 30 points. Um, so, you know, they, they've, uh, that was the first time this year that they were held to single digits in scoring. Um, meanwhile, in their first four games, they're averaging about 33 and a half points per game. So there, there might be a lot of fireworks going on on offense. Absolutely. And they have a new offense this year, right? Yeah. Uh, they were running the spread with Brennan Costa before, but now they're running a wing tee. Yep. Yep. So keeping it on the ground a lot more. Yep. And, um, Devin Prolix, uh, he's their quarterback and, uh, he's a first year quarterback. He saw a little bit of action towards the end of last season. Um, you know, knowing that he was going to be the man this year and uh you know they don't throw the ball a lot i think um uh, maybe they're five of ten uh on the season passing <laughs> that was after uh what was it costa threw for over a thousand years like yeah, 1600 yeah. yards last year yeah or something. so completely different 20 ga- touchdowns different or something game. yeah, yeah and right. i mean between him and a, a couple of the running backs chris costa which is brennan's uh younger brother um J- uh, jeremy uh thibodeau and uh tyler kudo uh you know they pretty much have four guys that they try and spread the ball to and kind of Whoever has the hot hand, they're giving the ball to. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see how how the two teams kind of match up, especially where, you know, Wareham has made some big plays this year. And, and I know um, case coach, uh, you know, Anthony, he was you know, saying we need to stop the big plays. We're not going to stop Isaac. You know, we're just going to try and contain him, you know, and as long as we make them work for their yardage and for their points, you know, they'll be happy. But uh, the old Patriots bend don't break. Yep. But uh, I mean, Wareham, I don't know if anybody's going to be stopping them right now, especially, you know, talking to uh, Bob Lomp a few weeks ago, he, you know, they've been determined to, to win this, you know, SEC small title so that they don't have to worry about, you know, the seedings and the power rankings and the numbers and, and making the tournament a different way because they do have that one loss to start the year to, to old Rochester. So now if they, if all three tie for the division title do all three get automatic bids, I don't know that. To the tournament I honestly don't know. Um, I know that there is, uh, you know, the power rankings to go to that, that SEC crossover championship game, which the, the two teams in that, the, the large, which would be Somerset, Berkeley, and, um, you know, the small, they get automatic bids. But I don't know with it being. Because tr- I know in the other sports is the top two teams on each side. Yeah, I'm are not. going to state. So, wow, more things we'll, to figure, we'll out, figure with this, out as we go. wacky South Coast Conference these days. So oh, you can't figure goodness. anything out. So, so, so that game. And we're not the only ones. Yeah, I know a lot of the coaches don't know what's going on either. Uh, that game is uh, is Friday night, Wareham at Case. Um, and Brennan will be there. Yeah, say hello. <laughs> Uh, another big game, um, no title implications, you know. A lot of South Coast bragging rights in this yes, next one. Yes, bragging rights uh, taking place in New Bedford, which I will be at that game. Uh, I have not seen the Whalers yet, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing them this week. Um, uh, you're in for a trick or a treat, one of the two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've been uh, quite up and down this year. Yeah, you know, uh, this past week, the, uh, the rushing attack after – what two weeks ago you were at the game two weeks ago right with yeah nigel. nigel palmer came out uh five scores and yeah. just took over the game and then uh, i wasn't at last <laughs> week i was actually driving back from the game at dartmouth and i'm listening to the radio and i turn on and listen to uh ed Pereira and the guys over at uh wnbh right yep. uh, and uh they're going uh and the whalers had uh was it negative one negative rushing one yards? rushing yards as I'm a team going, what happened yeah i uh, i don't know it seemed like it was uh 
just lots of struggles on offense. Um, the New Bedford ended up scoring. They had 12 points. They ended up scoring all, them all in the first half. Uh, Shamari Je- uh, Jefferson, he had a 95-yard kickoff return for a score. And then True Williams, who is, I mean, can we say he's our, our top quarterback? I mean, I, I'd I say feel pretty like safely, the, yeah. Yeah, at least passing quarterback Definitely in the area. Definitely passing, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, Brady Bennett would probably be the only guy giving him real competition yeah, in the passing game. Um, you know, he had a 38-yard touchdown pass to Colby uh, McCoy, and that was the two touchdowns for them. Um, so that was it. You know, the offense didn't really do much else, while the defense gave up 38 points um, in that game. So, you know, it's kind of up and down, up and down. And the same thing can be said for Dartmouth. Um, you know, they ended up... Uh, They've alternated wins and losses all season, so yeah, it's literally no, been a roller coaster. No, no streaks for uh, for the Indians, who are coming off a 35-14 to 14 loss to Bridgewater A&M, who... Bridgewater is always tough. They're always yeah. one of the top teams in the state. You know, I would say mostly year in and year out there, the uh, OCL kind of favorites, you know, the, um, to, to lead uh, the league. And um, the big loss was Nate Ellis, who suffered a, uh, uh, I guess, season-ending. Well, yeah, season-ending leg, leg injury. We'll in- go with that. Injury. Um, um, not as serious as maybe some of the rumor mills had had it. Yes. Um, but, but he's definitely out for the season. Um, but it uh, unf- sounds like he'll be all right in the long run. So yeah, that's a good thing. We're unfortunately, you know, for him. Um, but his younger brother, sophomore uh, Nolan Ellis. Hey. Game didn't look too big for him. I saw him play. Um, you know, he's a little bit smaller. He's not, uh, you know, as physically mature as his brother was. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have the strength that his brother does. And, and they were keeping it fairly simple. A lot of uh, throws to the flats and and short little crossing routes and stuff. But uh, he he stood strong under center. He tucked it and ran a couple times. He threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. So, I mean, he's definitely a kid who um, will be very good at quarterback. But yeah. I'm not sure he's quite there right yeah. now. But uh, he'll keep progressing. But at this point, you know, you're two and three in the season you know uh depending on what goes on in this game you know let's develop a sophomore quarterback mm-hmm. for next year the year after uh, you know why not you know mm-hmm. i mean and they're in that position to to do that now uh i mean i think we, i mean we've kind of been talking about this this game could go either way um, it's, this, yeah, it's, toss-up. it's it's really a toss-up and I, I the big thing is you know dartmouth's defense you know what can you Bedford's offense, which has been able to, to move the ball at some point this year. What, comes up with big plays a lot of yeah. times, but Dartmouth's defense is very strong. Their offense hasn't been as good this yeah. year, but the defense is right there where it's been. So it's like, can you Bedford move? Can New Bedford score against Dartmouth's defense? And that'll kind of be the, the difference in this game, I think. I'd expect on offense probably, too, to see uh, from Dartmouth's high a little more Luke Tisdale. Yeah, I know um, he, he he's, led them He's last been week. about 15, 16 carries the last couple games, but uh, they might even go to him even more because um, I, I doubt they'll, they'll run Nolan as much as they ran Nate. Yeah, no, definitely. So that game is Friday night, Dartmouth at New Bedford High, and I will be there. So come on and say hi. 7 o'clock for uh, yeah. all the bragging rights. <laughs> All right, um, a six o'clock game on Friday night. Uh, Martha's Vineyard—they're coming here, um, so they're going to have to get the boat ride. Usually, we're always talking <laughs> about the our local teams, you know, making the the trek to uh, to the vineyard, but they're going to come and visit Bishop Stang. Uh, both of these teams have had a uh, difficult season. Tough start to the year for both, but uh, both looking to turn it around here. Yeah, you know, um, Bishop Stang had won two weeks ago. They got their first win of the season against Atlantis Charter. Uh, put 46 points to the board. It seemed like everything was... Scored every possession. Yeah, every possession. seemed like everything was going great. And then this past week, um, shut out uh, against Coyle Cassidy. Um, but the defense had held the Warriors scoreless in the first four quarters. You know, you figure you don't give up any points in the four quarters, you're probably going to win shabby. the game. Um, but uh, game went to overtime, um, and Quayle ended up scoring um, in overtime. And uh, just it s- sounded like, 
you know, the defense was there for Sting. It's just the offense couldn't get anything going. Um, I know the defense ended up having a, a fourth and goal uh, stand to start the game to stop Coyle early on. And then um, I think Eric Camacho had an interception late in that for uh, in that uh, regulation to... Seconds uh, left, I believe. Yeah, right? I think it was like 13 or 15 seconds left to, to kind of send the game into to overtime. So, I mean, the defense is there. It's just a matter of whether or not the offense can kind of do something, you know, to be able and to. They have some athletes there. They you do. Know, Lopes they, and Manley and yep. um and uh, Lopes. um who's the uh I'm I'm blanking on the other Manley uh, Junior. Um, Pollux, Matt Pollux. Yep, yeah. yep, Matt Pollux. So, uh, and I mean the Vineyarders, uh, they have one win this year, but their win came via uh, forfeit from Atlantis Charter. So. <laughs> You don't really know, um, kind of, you know, they never get to, you know, they have a similar opponent, but they didn't actually both play them. So, um, but uh, the Vineyard, Vineyarders are actually coming off of a, uh, a shutout loss uh, as well to Bishop Fian, 35 to zero. Um, and they've been outscored a combined 139 to 60 this year. Um, their biggest playmaker is uh, quarterback Zach uh, Morris. Um, he didn't do much this past week against uh, Fian, but he had, uh, two touchdown passes the week before and also ran for two scores. So, you know, this kid can make some plays. Um, you know, he's probably going to be the focal point of uh, Stang's defense, you know, and, and hopefully they can keep tabs on him and, and do a good job like they did this past week uh, against Quail Cassidy. So that game is... Oh, they just uh, need to pull some offense out yeah, of the bag of tricks. Yeah, so um, Martha's Vineyard at Bishop Stang at 6 p.m. on uh, Friday night. The next game... Uh, Poniquit is going to Somerset Berkeley. Seven Probably o'clock. a tough one for the Lakers. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, Somerset Berkeley, I saw them last week, and Chase Stafford is the d- real deal. I mean, this kid is is he was unbelievable. Um, Sorry, True Williams, but he might be the best quarterback, and not that he's in our coverage area, yeah, but in the but whole area. Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you have to throw out Terry Smith there too, though. Oh, Seacock. that's true. Yeah. yeah so Seacock, if, you're, yeah. if you're kind of doing the whole South, you know, area, then then maybe 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 he might give him a good fight. But this kid, it just seemed like every time a play needed to be made uh, from Somerset Berkeley, this kid made the play. You know, it would be like third and twenty-one, and you're like, all right. They're not going to pick up the first down. And, and, you know, he'd look to pass. Nobody would be open. And then he would just take the ball. And he was elusive. Like, nobody could really get him, stop him. And it, it was like, you know, third downs like that. It was like a fourth down and like six or ten. And, and he'd pick up the first down. And you're saying, oh, my God. Like, this kid, <laughs> he kept so many drives alive. It was unbelievable. Um, you were showing me some videos. And it almost looked like a little like uh, Johnny Manziel at yeah. Texas A&M a yeah. little bit. So, Scrambling around, making plays happen. Just, and, you know, and talking schoolyard about, football. Yeah, or our coach, uh, Justin Kogler, after the game, he was just like, I, I have never seen anything like that. You know, I mean, times when – you know, they thought they had stopped him and it was just like, here he is, you know, going down the field or here he's finding the open guy. And, and, you know, there was a couple of remarkable um, catches too made by some of his receivers, but he ended up completing seven of 12 passes for 177 yards and three touchdowns. All, all three came in the first half. Um, and then he also carried the ball 19 times for 147 yards. So no one could bring him down. No, you know, so it was unbelievable. Um, and uh, and his favorite receiver was Jake um, uh, McKeon, and he ended up catching four passes for 106 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, this – I mean, they're, they, they were unbelievable on offense. The defense did give up 33 points, um, which – is far and above more than they've given up all season like combined. Was it, against a powerful Rochester rushing yes, game. Yes, they had only given up six points in their previous three games uh, total. Um, so 
That's probably it's, a little more like this one to look like. Yeah, unfor- unfortunately, um, outside of their win um, over Vogue Tech, um, uh, or their, uh, not win over, yeah, over Vogue Tech in uh, week four, the Lakers have been outscored a combined 140 to 19, including two shutouts with last week's loss to uh, Dighton Rehoboth. It was 28 to zero in that game. So, um, you know, they've had some injuries. I know we were talking, you know, a few weeks ago, um, Dixon went down yep. and, um, you know, they've had to move some guys around in different positions and just, it's not a good time of the year for that to be happening. You know, I mean, you never want to see, you know, somebody go down like that, but to have to kind of, you know, regroup and, uh, you know, going into week six and, and to have it and then, and then float into other positions too yes. in order for things to work right. Yeah. End up with a new quarterback and then yeah, everything yeah. kind of changes. So, and I mean, and Aponiquit does not have an easy schedule at all. I True mean, when not. we've talked about the teams that they've played this year, not just in the South Coast Conference, which, you know, have all been mostly all really good. It, you know, they've played like Middleborough. They play, you know, some other teams that have just been really, really tough. And, um, you know, it's not going to be easy this week for, for the Lakers. That's for sure. They get some strength of schedule points. Them, yes. them and Dartmouth so far. Yeah. Um, and that game is Friday night at Somerset Berkeley. Uh, another, um, you know, game that's on the road for a local team is Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech. Uh, Still looking for that first win. First, yeah, you know, and they're facing a team, Dighton Rehoboth, that uh, got their first win this past week against uh, Aponiquit. So, um, you know, DR, you know, has traditionally been, you know, strong over the years and kind of always in that uh, South Coast Conference race. And this year they've kind of taken a little bit of a step back. Um, you know, Dave Driscoll retired and, you know, with a, with a, a new head coach. Um, Just goes to prove how good good coaching is. Yeah. And, and you know, their, their coach Not now that is, their coach now isn't good, Dave but, Moore, like, yeah, he's, but he's if, been if they under, didn't take a step back, you'd be like, oh, how good was Dave Driscoll? Yeah. So, yeah. so and, and I know I know Dave will have them, you know, eventually – be where they need to be. It's just, you know, they graduated a lot of kids and some changeover, but um, they did get their first win of the season. Dennis Montero, uh, he scored two touchdowns uh, this past week, both rushing. And um, Matt Mora ended up recovering a fumble, uh, a Poniquit fumble for a score in that game. And Drew LeBlanc had a rushing touchdown. So they had a bunch of different guys kind of contribute to that win, um, you know, and they ended up shutting out, uh, you know, Poniquit. It was uh, 28 to, to zero in that game. And, Voke. I mean, this they team, actually had their best week of the of the they, offensively. Yeah, the they can't catch season. a break though. You know, here they are. It's the second time you know you know that they that they're in a game at halftime. They're they're about to, you know have an opportunity to win and just they. Well, this one was particularly yeah, crushing. The, I, I mean, mean, they scored late. They could have kicked an extra point to, to tie it, and instead they're like, "We need a win. Yeah, we're gonna go for the win." And uh, I mean, I can't, I can't blame big, big call by I, I can't blame him though for wanting to get the win. Oh, not at all. Yeah. No, I, I mean yeah. that's that that's the way to go. I mean that would you know build the morale and that would boost the kids. And and unfortunately, they weren't able to get the two point game winning two point conversion um, there. But the offense, uh, they had two hundred and sixty uh, rushing yards in that game. I mean, that's probably, that's probably more. probably one they had all season yeah. going into the game. Um, but turnovers, they turn over the ball six times, four on fumbles and two on interceptions. And, I mean, just, Belichick's not happy. Yeah, I mean, that that's tough to do. Um, but Ethan Santos, um, shout out to him. He had a huge game. He had a two-yard touchdown run, and then he also converted a, uh, a pitch and catch with Tiago Palma uh, for a 70-yard touchdown. So he had a hand in both touchdowns there. And, you know, he's – I mean, I think we kind of saw a little bit last year that he's a playmaker. He can make Absolutely. some plays. And, and uh, you know, it looks like they're starting to, to get the offense go, going, even if it's, you know, like – 
kind of not to say trick plays, but you know, yeah, whatever works, whatever works. Um, but this week, I mean, it is going to be a challenge against Stite and Rehoboth, you know, especially with them coming off of their first win of the year um, and, and going to DR, you know, that'll be DR has a little momentum. Yep. You know, who knows how that uh, failed two point conversion uh, has sat in the uh, mouths of the Vogue but, Tech. But hey, fans. maybe it maybe it's made them hungrier. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. So uh so Vogue Tech will be traveling to Dighton Rehoboth Friday night, uh, in search of their first one of the season. It's like we always say when we pick against a team, right? Uh, put it on the bulletin board and yes. use it as bulletin board material. Oh definitely. Prove us wrong. Yes. So yeah. Hopefully Vogue takes that one and uh, goes and gets that first win. Uh, another uh, South Coast Conference game on Friday night. Old Rochester uh, is looking to bounce back from its first loss of the season when uh, the Bulldogs travel to Fairhaven at uh, 7 p.m. And Fairhaven is coming off of a big win. Surprisingly spunky Blue Devils this yeah. season. Yeah. You know, over Bourne. Uh, huge. 46 points uh, the Blue Devils put on the board. And uh, they, that was the first time they had scored more than 30 points in a, ga- uh, in a game this year. Uh, their previous three games, it had been a three-game losing streak, they had scored a combined 42 over that three-week span. And they did pour 46 on Bourne. Yeah, so um, our Ed Collins, uh, that was his first football game of the season. Yeah, he finally got off of the desk <laughs> and now to cover a game. And yeah. he was actually saying that he didn't think Bourne was that bad. He yeah. Bourne had a decent-looking offense. They had a few athletes, so he didn't think it was a case of just beating up on an no, overmatched team. No, Bourne's improved. Yeah, they're yeah. improved. And, uh, I mean, everything just kind of came together for Fayhaven. Owen Sabula, huge, huge game. He ended up having uh, three touchdowns. He scored two on the ground and one in the air. Uh, and they end- ended up having 343 yards of total offense uh, with 195 through the air and 148 on the ground. So kind of almost a balanced attack, I would Brady say. Brady Bennett's starting to look like he's the real deal there. Quarterback, I think he's up to four or five touchdown passes on the year. And yep. what do you have, 100 and, 195 yards yep. in that game? Yeah, or? it's 7 of 10. I mean, that that's 70% right there. So, uh, you know, I think I think they're finally starting to feel some comfort there. Um, and now they're going to face old Rochester, which, you tough know. Tough task. I tough. mean, especially with all the Fairhaven kids playing both ways. Yeah. And the way old Rochester can control the ball and run long drives. And, and also out. have big plays, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they didn't have too many big plays last week against Somerset Berkeley in that game. They were kind of, not to say held in check, um, but, you know, like a big play would be, you know, 10 or 12-yard gain, not, you know, a 50-yard gain, which they did uh, They did have one touchdown um uh, by Will Garcia, that was, I think, I want to say it was like 40 or 50 yards, but everything else, like, you know, for Harry Smith, I think his longest touchdown was a 14 yard touchdown, and most of them were a couple yards here, a couple yards there. Um, but he ended up scoring four times in that game, but it was really overshadowed. Caught up to Garcia in the, in the uh, Bulldog scoring race. Yeah, 11 touchdowns each, but it really got overshadowed by um, Somerset Berkeley quarterback uh, Chase Stafford. I mean, that kid was ridiculous. We were just talking about him a few minutes ago. He had over 170 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, almost 150 yards rushing and just made all the plays. You know, Aura was down. It almost seemed like the whole game. You know, they were down to start, you know, after the first drive. They were down in the second quarter. They were down, um, you know, going into the half. They were down in the fourth quarter. And each time they came back, and even at the end when they were down by two scores, they ended up coming back, scoring to pull within, you know, one touchdown. And they just couldn't get that that game-winning touchdown. And, and I think really Somerset Berkeley's defense kind of rose to the occasion at the end um, and, uh, and was able to stop them. But, uh, you know, there were a few moments in the game. Uh, it, was, it was going into halftime, and they ended up uh, – Old Rochester ended up scoring. And instead of going for the extra point to tie the game at 21 apiece – they kicked. Uh, they went for the two point conversion and didn't get it. 
Um, and so then they go into halftime 21-20. And even though you don't think that's a big and deal. a three-point game at the end, every you know, one of those points matters. Yeah, and then they ended up going for two-point conversion in the second half to hopefully make up for that, and they didn't get it. And uh, Justin Kogler, after the game, said, you know, my bad, like, you know, that was on me. You know, we should have, we sh- you know, they had made their first two extra points, although one had a uh, a little bit of a rocky, roughy, rough um, uh, snap. But, you know, he said we should have got, we should have just gone for the extra point instead of doing that. But, um, you know, in hindsight. Hindsight 2020. Uh, um, what I'm wondering is uh, this will be a decent test to see how good the Bulldogs' pass defense is. Yeah. Because in the first three weeks, they weren't really tested with the pass. I no. Mean, you know, Wareham will throw occasionally for some big plays, but they don't throw a lot. Ponica doesn't throw much. Volk barely well, throws. Well, Somerset at all. threw a lot. And then, so yeah. that's what I'm. So yeah. then they ran up against Somerset Berkeley, and they were able to pass all over them. Yeah. Now Fairhaven is uh, they're a pretty uh, balanced offense, but they pass mm-hmm. more than uh, Old Rochester's first three opponents. So uh, I'm curious to see that. If, uh, that, that is, I mean, that yeah. is definitely that is one of the storylines in this game. And also, um, I know this past week, you know, Cole McIntyre. It wasn't a lot of passes, but. He threw five pass attempts, uh, ended up completing two of them for 31 yards, but it almost seemed like they wanted to get a little bit of that passing game going, um, you know, and and not to say have a balanced stack because they won't. They'll be running the ball mostly, but just kind of just be able to have it in your back pocket. Yeah, kind of thing. And um, I know the team was really down, um, you know, after the game because they had lost that, that South Coast Conference large you know, title to, to Somerset Berkeley, but, you know, Justin Kogler really turned it around and said, Hey, you know, last year we won the title and we were one and done in the tournament. You know, we, we can now focus on getting in the tournament and making a tournament run. And that's what matters. You know what I mean? Like that the, the conference, you know, is over. So let's focus on the playoffs and not, you know, and be able to go further than we did last year. So, um, so he really did spin that around well to the kids. And, uh, I know they're going to be focused this week. So, um, they hit the road to uh, to travel to uh, Old Rochester, Travis, to Fairhaven Friday night at 7 p.m. And that's always a rivalry game. A lot of the kids know each other. So that should be a good one. We mentioned the passing game. I just want to throw out there. We mentioned last week they're the only team in the area without a t- touchdown pass. That's still true. Yes, it is still so, true. Still looking for their first touchdown pass of the season at Old Rochester. All right. And uh, what is this? Uh, fellas play on Fridays Friday. for the fellas. Fr- Fridays I, for I the- saw that hashtag out there. I got quite excited. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I, yeah. It was probably a little scary around the office. And yes. I got so excited. Yes. But uh, it's always good to know that people are listening and uh, reacting and then hashtagging. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yep. So back to back Friday night games for Old Colony. Um, they're playing uh, this Friday night under the lights at home. Against Upper Cape. It's always fun when they uh, bring the lights in there. And uh, I don't think they get those donated usually. Yep. And they were able to have a couple soccer games, I think, this week under the light. So that's got to be a fun little week there in uh, Cougar Town. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, last they've won four, four straight, but last week was not easy uh, against Bristol Plymouth. They ended up having to rally um, in that second half. And really, it came down to, you know, the final. I think it was the final couple minutes. They scored, tied the game up. Um, and sent it to overtime, and that's where, you know, really the kids made big plays. Um, it ended up being both, both teams in overtime at a, get the ball at the 10-yard line. They both get a shot at, mm-hmm. you know, scoring, and uh, and the Cougars went first. They ended up scoring on a touchdown by Jared Gagney, and uh, Brad Plissy added the two-point conversion. Then on BP's possession, you know, overtime possession, uh, Gagney ended up coming away with an interception um, on the first play and sealed the victory. So, 
you know, that was a big win. Big that place. seemed like there was uh, the game of the week to be at. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, not that the Summers at Berkeley or Rochester wasn't a good game, but that one sounds like it would have been a pleasure to watch uh, the Cougars come back late. Yeah. So a resilient crew there. And, you know, and they got a, a mix of young guys and older guys, so it's not like it's all seasoned veterans out there for the Cougars. No, and, and I mean, if you look at the defense again, too, only giving up two touchdowns. You know, I know, you know, the offense has been, has been able to, to have some kids that make plays and kind of a different guy each week. And, you know, and it's not the same, you know, let's say we're only going to run the ball. We're only going to pass the ball. They've been able to do it, you know, both ways. But the defense, um, you know. Week after week. Yeah, they just seem to come to play. Um, and, uh, you know, facing uh, Upper Cape, um, <laughs> this is interesting because last year, Old Colony lost to Upper Cape 42 to 12. So, but Upper Cape doesn't have a win this year, no, so what's going to break? No. Uh, you know, they're winless uh, after four weeks, um, and last week they had no answer for Blue Hills quarterback Andrew Bryant. The kid rushed for a touchdown and threw for a touchdown in that game um, as they lost 22-0, to zero, so they were shut out. And um, they've only scored two touchdowns all season and uh, lost by a combined 90-12. to 12. So this I'm is, guessing Upper Cape graduated 37 kids last year. I don't know if it's 37, <laughs> but it's a lot. Um, or, you know, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they've Coaching had some change, injuries. Uh, you know, uh, we're not too familiar with what's going on with Upper Cape. Well, I guess we need to reach out to our Cape Cod Times yeah, friends. and Or uh, our former uh, Standard Times news reporter, yeah, Wesley West, Sykes, covers them for yeah. the uh, Enterprise over there. So, so. Uh, but this, is, I mean, this is a game that Old Colony, the way that they're playing right now, they should be able to to come out and and beat Upper Cape, and and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming if they five get five and one, that'd five be pretty one, awesome. Yeah, um, they'd be probably right there on the on you know in the playoffs, right? You know, or close. We mentioned to it. it last week; they're kind of the, the surprise team. We didn't think they were going to be bad, but at least I thought they were probably a 500 ish team. Yeah, that's and, what I uh, would say about the same. Yeah, yeah, it seems like they're definitely surpassing those expectations. So good for them. So that game is Upper Cape at Old Colony Friday night at 7 p.m. And that's it. Seven games uh, in week six. Uh, usual, uh, follow us on Twitter at SC underscore Varsity, on Instagram at SC Varsity, on Snapchat at SC Varsity, on Facebook. A little bit different here. South Coast Varsity MA. Somebody snuck in and stole SC Varsity from us before we could. Someone down in South Carolina, I think. <laughs> Those jerks. So, And uh, as always, uh, online at southcoasttoday.com and southcoastvarsity.com. We'll have all the stories on Friday night and even more coverage in Sunday's paper.